Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's Geraldine Jameson interview. Well, my guest today is the award-winning British R&B soul vocalist Gabrielle, who began her career singing for free in London West End clubs whilst temping in offices during the day. Her big break came when her debut single, Dreams, topped the UK charts in June 1993. In three short years, two albums and nine singles, five of which were top ten, established Gabrielle as the UK's premier soul singer. Walk On By, the cover of the Dionne Warwick classic, and Out of Reach, from the soundtrack of Bridget Jones' Diary, among other notable singles, made her a household name. Last night, I caught up with Gabrielle backstage, just before a performance at the Villa Marina, in aid of Oscar's dreams supporting the Isle of Man Children's Hospice, a cause she herself feels so strongly about that she readily gave her services for nothing. We'll be hearing from Gabrielle herself in a moment, but first, let's hear a little of her music, her chart-topping debut single, Dreams. They can't come true. Can you whisper in my ear that you're here to stay? Yeah. Dream. 
Gabrielle, a very warm welcome to the Isle of Man and of course to the programme. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for having me. In person. Definitely. I think we should just explain <laughs> to our audience, <laughs> if you sound a little quiet, you're husky, you're, you're actually sort of nearly got out of a bed to do this, this yeah, gig, like as they say, <laughs> in the terminology, don't they? Trying to rest my voice. I've been battling flu for the last couple of weeks and it's yeah. just this week that I managed to get out and start rehearsing yeah. with my band because I'm here to do this amazing show, um, you know, for this, well, what I should say, support this amazing cause um, and do this show and, and, you know, and it's yeah. a great thing to be a part of as a mother, you know, I think for those of us with children out there, yeah. you know, it could be any of us and I think the more facilities we, we can uh, procure for something like well, this, you, the better. You are a great supporter, aren't you? That's right. Of, of hospices. That's right. And especially for children. Most definitely. And Oscar's dream is leading the way yes. here on our island. Um, you yourself, Gabrielle, what side of the industry excites you most? Is it recording or performing live? Performing live is the be-all end-all for me. Um, it is great to be able to go into a studio and um, write the songs. But for me, going out there, you know, watching the people come to the shows, sit down, you know, they've kind of been looking forward to it for weeks or months, you know, if it's a show that, I, you know, that I've been planning for a while. And it's a case just having a good time, you know, it's like life is what you're making. If you can make it fun, 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 then I'm all for it. <laughs> Sometimes as they, our audience will realise I have to record, you know, outside studio conditions. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually, it's great to see, it's great for us, you know, the producer was have to get out and see, you know, to see yourself and how it works beforehand. You're, you're very calm, it's not too long to curtain up and you're sitting there beautifully dressed and very calm about it. How important, though, is touring for you in this new landscape of digital downloads, YouTube and MySpace, etc.? Right. Um, it's, you know, in terms of, like, record, you know, recording and stuff like that, and, and the whole thing of your music being available to download and sometimes for free and not necessarily with consent, I think recording, um, recording and going on the road and touring is truly essential for an artist because... They can't, you know, they can't kind of bottle that, you know, the idea of, you know, yes, unless someone actually records a whole show and downloads it, I'm sure it will never be as superior as coming to a show or having a professional crew yeah. recording. So it's great to let people know you're still out there and going on the road because, yeah, they can download for free, but they can't necessarily come see me free. Although I've been known to do it for free, you know, to go on the road and tour and, and, and do the odd thing, which is still, you know, very much of who I am. That's where I started off in little clubs doing it for nothing and just having a ball and I always say to people if it doesn't happen for me anymore I'll still be in a little venue somewhere or a little pub or club somewhere around the country <laughs> doing my thing just for people to hear me still. Yeah that's terrific in fact yeah. actually it was one of your chaps in the band uh, said to me that um, you're doing this you're, you're giving your services free here yeah, completely. which is fantastic and even they are taking a reduced uh, fee I think which is equally good but you know with so much churn in the music industry is it hard for an established artist like you to keep getting recognition when the media are so focused on these new stars from the X Factor type of TV shows? Well, you know something, I'm, there's no stob snobbery from me regarding the X Factor stars, simply because, you know what, they go and do these shows, they're putting themselves out there and in front of the media and, and they're opening themselves up to scrutiny. And at the end of the day, when, you know, you know finally the last person left sounding, usually they are superior. 
um, you know, with um, you know, Leona Lewis was you know basically the last big star we had off of X Factor. So to be honest with you, she was truly amazing and still is. I mean, if there has been another one, I can't quite remember <laughs> <laughs> who else. But no, for me, Leona Lewis is still yeah. the one cutting it. And so yeah. I think there's room for all of us, whether we're older and established to new and upcoming. Because obviously, when I burst onto the scene in '93, I was new, and there were still you know established people before me. And I think there'll always be a way for us to coexist. Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, you know, we don't want to see, um, the, you know, just don't get me wrong, we all appreciate watching people of old, like myself, but it's refreshing to see new people burst onto the scene and, and bring another dimension. Well, who do you think are most concerned with the image of an artist today? Is it the record industry or the general public? I think it's a bit of both. I think that, you know, in terms of imagery and maybe projecting something that is a surefire win and sells, then, you know, I think now record companies, because so much has changed, um, you know, a lot of losses have been made in the industry, a lot of jobs have been lost, and, you know, there's continuing mergers because records are not selling as much. So now, you know, the idea of getting a new artist and putting your money into it, it's like, you know, the banks don't give away uh, money for free. And that's now how the record companies are. It's like, if we're going to be putting and channeling a lot of our money into an artist who potentially is an investment, we want to know that they look the part, they sound the part, and we can sell it to the public because this is what the public wants. And the public, you know, we are fickle. I myself consider myself a public when I'm watching somebody and I go out and buy a product. So it's a bit of both. It's very hard now and very competitive. Well, you've obviously noticed then changes in the music industry since your first number one in 1993, right. Dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. I mean, that must have been so exciting for it you. It was fantastic. I mean, you've got to imagine that I was someone new, somebody who, like many others, when I used to go and sing in nightclubs, had this dream of just singing. I never actually had the dream of becoming famous through my singing. I just wanted to sing. I didn't even imagine that the possibility was open to me. I was just content that this little club in Greek Street was, you know, a little stage for me to, to kind of do my thing on a weekly basis. And so when on the side I actually was able to write dreams and actually um, get it out eventually, the first time it ever came out was actually on a white label and without my consent. So in a way the person did me a, a great favour, but at the same time, at no time did I think you know, a lot of people get to hear my music. And so when finally um, I was heard by my then, no, my, my record company who kind of, it was my then A&R man, Ferdy Hamilton, heard my track I was like oh my god who is this and came running to find me literally it was like wow you know all the opportunities yeah. that came about after that so it was an amazing thing I was just this little you know southeast London girl who just just wanted to sing and didn't imagine anything past singing well I always think of you of course as the soulful bluesy side you know <laughs> thank of, you of, of music which is what I adore myself um, but you're also influenced I suppose by the early 80s British pop would you completely. agree completely I mean although I was growing up listening to my mum's record collection but I also you know she was a very young mum so I had a young mum at the time who was playing her collection I was going to school I was tuning into the TV what was happening what was hip you know Madonna mm. Culture Club Haircut 100 Spandau Ballet the list was endless and I loved it all you know yeah. and Michael Jackson so it was hard not to be influenced especially if you were a lover of music like myself it, you know to this day I'm still a very big pop fan you know I still kind of check out what's happening right now knew the signs wasn't right 
of yours of course include Out of Reach now this is interesting that was from the soundtrack actually that's right Bridget Jones Diary that's right that I, must have been fun to do it was fantastic it was something I'd never done before I'd never prior to that been approached to write specifically for a movie so that was a challenge within itself but I was determined to kind of step up to that and um, I remember that when I, I heard the music that my producer had composed and it was down to me to kind of put my mark and put my lyrics I knew instantly from the book what I was going to write about the music steered me because it was kind of speaking to me and the end result I was truly like really happy with and um, when the you know the people regarding the movie were like oh you know let's hear it it was fantastic they were very happy with it and I was really chuffed that I'd managed to pull it off because I didn't secretly think I could but like again I said it was a challenge and I pulled it off I was really happy. So when you went to see it? Amazing. I mean, I've got to say, watching the movie and 
seeing where they put it because you'd never quite know where they're going to insert it and it was so poignant and it was like oh my god I was even crying I'm like why am I crying I know it's a movie but <laughs> I love movies I love the book and to actually see it on screen was amazing and, and to see my song inserted that was an amazing thing but also you've done um, just last year actually in 2007 your new single of course came out why and you performed live on the yeah. national lottery show i did and i love doing that i mean it's always nervy to do live and, and to do shows or, or to do a performance knowing that millions of people are watching you and um i'm a very i've always been nervous and or though i think god i'm older now i should be kind of relaxed about it I never relax and so I was quite scared but really tough to see it when it was you know when it was recorded and, and to know that basically the record company always record everything you do and I was like oh okay it wasn't bad but it was nice to do yeah. and t did you buy a ticket in the lottery <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't I've tried doing that before and it, you know I so haven't got good luck like that so I'm just mm -hmm. happy to be there yeah. and know that lots of people got yeah. to watch the performance and hear the song yeah well I mean who do you think if, if we just take the soulful bluesy side really of your repertoire yeah. perhaps that helps you you know gives you longevity really compared to perhaps a more pop-based artist I don't know. When you think of people like Kylie Minogue, who's a pop-based artist, but at the same time, her longevity has been amazing, simply because she's had fabulous songs, and then Madonna. So, you know, they keep reinventing themselves. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I like to think longevity, like you say, comes about from doing something slightly different. People remember you by, but then I can't say that they don't remember Kylie and Madonna, because I'm huge fans of those. So, again, it's just nice to do something slightly different. Where do you get the material from? Do you do, write it yourself? Yes, I do. In terms of the lyrics, I write myself, um, and occasionally I co-write lyrically, which is, now I'm older, whereas it was like, it's got to be me, me, I, I. I'm open to other people's ideas, which is very rare. So even if I write a song and somebody contributes, and I see it being something about this, or I'm like, well, no, it's quite like that, not like that, or I don't say those kind of lines, I don't write yeah. a, a particular way. So yeah. I'm always open to suggestions. I'm not afraid, simply yeah. because I've kind of earned my stripes in the beginning, writing entirely lyrically and, and people initially not being aware of that because they were so focused on the iPad it kind of took away when I first came out the fact that I was a singer-songwriter that I wasn't upset by it Yes, yeah. actually, I, I, I didn't mention the eye patch. You're wearing a fabulous pair of uh, glasses, you. I must say. <laughs> <laughs> I was stunned. We're in a dre your dressing room <laughs> all these other lights oh around. So I can't really see. Um, but you made a feature of that, really. Yeah, um, I wore the eye patch. And like I say, there was so much attention that it, it kind of diverted away from you know me being a sing-songwriter. But I, I wasn't sad about that because eventually I... I move on to be able to establish myself that way and it was just a necessity at the time. Mm -hmm. What about uh, covers? You have done some covers. Oh yes, yeah. always fearful when I do covers because when you choose certain songs and you think oh that's a great song and you're you're aware of the fabulous person before you who's actually you know the originator of this song and so you're like oh my god maybe people won't like it and um I covered Walk On By by Dion Warwick and actually then went to watch her perform a show and you know, she just before she went to um, perform Walk On By, she was like, now this song has been done by previous people. So it was nice to see. Are there any territories where you still have an ambition to become established? Oh my God, um, other territories. I remember when I first started off and you know, being a fan of just music worldwide and 
you know, especially America, everybody wanted to conquer America. I actually went to America for six weeks, couldn't get arrested musically. And um, even when, you know, I mean, that was a, a territory I would have loved because I had friends there and family there, and that would have been nice. And, you know, and, um, but now I'm kind of content to be known mostly in my own backyard and, you know, countries surrounding the UK, etc. And, um, you know, I kind of, I don't mean to sound kind of defeatist, but I kind of let go of the dream because people like Robbie Williams, who sold, sold so many albums in the UK and couldn't get no, arrested himself in America. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, he's bigger than I am. And if he can't do it, then I'm kind of been defeatist. But it's always nice to think that maybe one day, you know, Tina Turner kind of had a comeback career at 44 and maybe it'd be nice, maybe. Maybe I'll take a, another rest and, and come back and say, right, it'd be nice to kind of try and target other territories, but I'm content for now. Well, Gabrielle, it's been a real coup to have you over here performing at our Villa Marina in Douglas and, of course, giving your time so readily for such a, a lovely cause here, so Oscar's nice. Dreams. And thank you so much for joining me on the Geraldine Jameson interview this week. Thank you very much for having me.
Just look at my